Amen. Okay, Philippians chapter 1, and let's begin in verse 23 today. Philippians 1, 23. Uh, Paul is speaking here. He says, For I am in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. And having this confidence, I know that I shall abide and continue with you all for your furtherance and joy of faith, that your rejoicing may be more abundant in Jesus Christ for me by my coming to you again. So last week we looked at this, and sometimes we have a desire to depart and to be with Christ, but as Paul, we looked into detail last week, it was needful for him to stay and uh, be a blessing to the Philippian people as well as many others. So that's the coming again we looked at. Number 13 we're on now, the cause, the cause. Let's go to verse 28. Verse 28. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries. Actually, let's back up to verse 27. We skipped that. Verse 27, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. How many people have we not seen in many years? Relatives, friends, uh, maybe a long time since we've seen certain people. As we think about that, what will they hear of us? What will we hear of them? Uh, as Paul mentions here, he says, whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs. Well, what will they hear of us? I mean, what are we doing? Uh, what are we up to in our lives? That ye stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. How, what a blessing it is that people we haven't seen in many years, especially if they're saved, to hear that they're still serving the Lord faithfully. What a blessing that is. Now go to verse 28. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to what? To suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which he saw in me and now here to be in me. Well, what's the conflict? Well, he's in prison. He's in jail for preaching the word of God. So we live such lives of ease today that we, we really don't know much about suffering many times. Um, one of those nights recently when it was very cold and snowy, which we've had quite a few of those, I was, I think at the time I was reading my Bible and I heard the furnace kick on. Well, that's kind of a common thing, and we don't even think about it, but that night when it kicked on, it just struck me. That was automatic. I didn't have to do anything. I was just sitting here, and that little box on the wall knew that the temperature had dropped, and so it automatically, through an electric signal, Signaled the furnace, and I, I first heard the thermostat click. And I don't know if you have one of those, but 
Yours may be all digital and it may not do any clicking, but the one we have, when it calls for heat, it clicks. And I heard that click. And then I heard the exhaust fan start on the furnace. And then it goes just a little bit till the furnace is heated up. And then I heard the big fan come on, which blows the hot air around. And I just, I just said, thank you, Lord, for the many things you give to us. I take that for granted so often. I know some of you burn wood, so you have more to do than I have to do. Uh, what I have to do is make sure I keep working to pay for the gas. And of course, you have a lot of work with your wood, I know. Uh, getting it, chop, cutting, chopping it, and so on. We take so much for granted. Um, and if you hold your place here, turn me, please, to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You know, if, if someone puts us on the spot and says, just suddenly comes up to us and says, what are you thankful to the Lord for? Why, we, we shouldn't have any trouble at all just rattling off things, but sometimes we're just like, uh, uh. <laughs> There's so much. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, in what? Everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We, we all want to be in the will of God. Well, one of the things here, we can each of us today, someone may say, are you in the will of God today? Uh, um, well, I hope so. Well, we can know so if... We are thankful in everything, give thanks. Someone come up to you. Are you in the will of God today? Why, yes, I am, because I'm thankful our car started this morning. I'm thankful when I got up, the electricity was on. I'm thankful when I took a shower, there was hot water. Um, I'm thankful that we had food in the house. I'm thankful my wife made pancakes for us this morning. Um, I'm, it should just go on and on and on. I'm thankful there's power at the church. Uh, there was a the heavy blue spruce tree right by our, the last pole near the church here has been weighted down heavily with the snow. And so it's been pushing down on our power line to the church. And so I contacted consumers early in the week and they said, well, we'll get to you in three to four days. And so I'm just praying, well, I hope the power stays on. Well, the power stayed on. And so then one day, I don't know if it was Friday, I think it was Friday, I had to go to town, I think it was the day I was mailing out some orders, I'm not sure. But anyway, there was a, a truck, one of those tree cutter trucks here in the parking lot. And I thought, I wonder if they're going to work on the, the line. But they were on the other side of the parking lot, two guys just sitting in the truck. And so I thought, well, they might just be getting warmed up, waiting for the next job, I don't know. So when I come back from town, which is probably a half hour later, um, and I went by, the truck was still there. So I turned around and come back. I, and I asked him, I said, are, are you just here waiting or were you here to work on something? And they say, we're here to work on something. And I says, well, did you see what I mean over there? Um, that pole over there naturally is bent. There's no uh, wire down to it, support wire. And, uh, but it's extra bent right now. And the guy said, well, he says, I called in about it, but he, he said, uh, the problem is, is if I cut that branch 
and then it, it makes the pole waver where our transformer is, that is running wires to the neighbor across the street with three separate wires. Those are the, that's the old way they used to do it. Instead of one, three wires wrapped together, they used to go three separate strands and that is getting old enough now where often the ins insulation is falling off those wires and it's hanging on some of those wires. And he said, I'm afraid if I cut yours here, it's gonna rattle that pole and cause a short. And so, okay, he says, we'll wait and see if the snow melts and, and then we'll look at it. Well, when I was leaving, now the blue spruce tree out by the road um, is also heavy weighted down and two of those three wires that are supposed to be separate all the way across the road, two of them are touching right now because of the weight out there. And so when I think about it, there's just so much we, we take for granted. Um, the, our power could have been off here at the church just because of that issue there, but it's, it's still on, praise the Lord. But So those two guys had a concern, um, and I, I pray they, they actually can deal with it before something happens. But So being thankful, uh, being in the will of God and everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. I pray that we are in the will of God today being thankful people. So I was still there reading my Bible, and, and then I hear something else kick on. It's the refrigerator. Now the furnace, I heard, automatically kick on because it was getting too cool in the house. And now I'm hearing the refrigerator kick on because it's getting too warm. So there's two things fighting in our house all the time. That's not me and my wife. It's the refrigerator and the furnace. They are fighting uh, with each other. Uh, the furnace wants it to be cool in there. Our, or the furnace wants it to be warm in there. The refrigerator wants it to be cool in the house. It's kind of like controlling the heat in a church. Uh, you have people that are warm and you have people that are cold. So are there... Is there anyone that would like that job? You, you know, if anyone complains, it all comes right to you about temperature. Uh, that, that's a challenge, isn't it? It is. So anyway, but I was thinking about that refrigerator. I wasn't thinking about the furnace fighting the refrigerator, but I did thank the Lord. I, I, I thought, you know what? I don't have to keep checking the refrigerator and keep checking the temperature. And when the, the temperature is getting too high in the refrigerator. I don't have to run over there and flip a switch for the refrigerator to come on and start getting things cool. Or I don't have to run to town and get a bag of ice and put in there. Like years ago, people had ice boxes, literally. They had to get ice and put it in there. They didn't have automatic electric uh, refrigerators. And so that there are just so many things that, that we take for granted. Um, but the problem is, with all those comforts and conveniences, is that sometimes we get lazy. Have you ever heard someone say, I'm bored, there's nothing to do. Uh, part of the reason is 
is because we have furnaces that are so automatic, refrigerators that are automatic, uh, and a lot of other conveniences um, that just make our lives so easy, even though we think sometimes our, our lives are so busy and hard. Uh, they're, they're not really, but um, we have so many conveniences today that previous generations did not have. I can remember Brother Bob Snyder used to talk about, I think it was his dad went to town and it was once a week. And so, I mean, if they needed something from town, you had to get it or you had to wait the next week for the next week to come. Now, what do we do? Well, we may go to town or the store several times a week. Um, so we have so many conveniences, but in, in such times, the problem is, is we become so self-centered. Uh, we, we think we deserve things like in the last, week and a half um was there a time when your road was not plowed and did it cross your mind like don't they know that i need the road plowed i've got to go to work or i've got to do this they need to plow my road what are those guys doing we just we just become so self-centered um I've thought about this so many times. I'll come out to the 57 to pull out to come to the church or town, and there'll be a long line of traffic. And, and I'm praying, Lord, I acknowledge you. I need your help just to get out on the road. But, you know, the Lord has spoken to my heart so many times about, um, do you know, Mike, that all of those people also need to get somewhere? And all you're concerned about is that you want to get somewhere in your time frame. Do you realize that all of those people in that long line are trying to get somewhere too? And they want to get there within a certain time frame. But we are so easily so self-centered, so worried about ourselves. Um, and we forget there is a cause that's greater um, than ourselves. Um, if you hold your place here, notice with me in Ezekiel 16. Ezekiel 16. Ezekiel 16, 49. Ezekiel 16, 49. That is no coincidence that sodomy is so rampant in our day. Ezekiel 16, 49. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister, who? Sodom. Sodom. And what's the first uh, trait? Pride. Pride. Is it any wonder that Sodomites call their parades pride parades? It's the first sin listed here with Sodom, pride. What do they call June? Pride month. Um, Sister Kay Wheelock used to joke and say when it was her birthday that she celebrated the whole month. And, but Sodomites haven't really just 
taken it one day. I mean, they claim the whole month of June, but they call it Pride Month. So interestingly, the Bible says, this was the iniquity of thy sister, Sodom. Pride. And then what? Fullness of bread. It always gets me when I see one of those billboards that says something like, do you know one out of every five children in America go to bed hungry? I wonder if those people who wrote that billboard have ever had children. Because how many children don't go to bed hungry? I mean, how many children are, at certain ages are not hungry an hour or two hours after they ate? It's, it's like, haven't you ever had children? Children are always hungry. They're always ready to eat. Uh, but it's not a new phenomenon. Uh, but I wonder if those people actually even have children. Um, and so... They're advocating that the, the government should feed all those children because they're going to bed hungry. Um, that's foolish, absolutely foolish. Um, so uh, fullness of bread. And then what does it say, Ezekiel 16, 49, and what? Abundance of idleness. Nothing to do. Mom, I'm bored. I need something to do. There's so many gadgets. Not everyone is raised on a farm. On a farm, you know, in the summer there's hay to do and chores to do with the animals, but not everyone's on a farm and can do that. But um, is it any wonder that young people get into so much trouble online? Because they don't have anything to do. They're, they're bored. That was a sin of Sodom, abundance of idleness. Was in her and in her daughters, neither did she strengthen the hand of who? The poor and needy. Well, there's something to do if we're bored. Um, help shovel somebody's driveway. There's a lot of people out shoveling driveways. Um, there's always something to do, something we can help with the poor and needy. Um, notice with me in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. With Sodom, neither did they strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Uh, Ephesians four twenty-seven. Neither give place to who? The devil. When I was young... There used to be a saying, I don't know, I don't think I've heard it in years. But they used to say quite frequently, idleness is the devil's workshop. Have you ever heard that? Idleness is the devil's workshop. In other words, the devil likes it when someone has nothing to do. The devil would love to give them something to do, evil. But verse 27, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him, what? Labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that, what? That needeth. So, so idleness is the devil's workshop comes from the scripture, verse 27. So God says, you know, it's, it's just something. I, I get news constantly on my computer that 
people are just robbing stores frequently, sometimes whole bunches of people. And it's just, it's just horrible. Um, these people, um, God tells them, you don't steal labor, working with your hands. Uh, and, you know, maybe someone really doesn't have any financial needs. Well, then labor with your hands that he may have to give to him that needeth. There, is, there are people with needs. Well, labor and help them in their needs. So let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Verse Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 9. We'll read through verse 12. 1 Thessalonians 4 9. But as touching brotherly love, ye need not that I write unto you. For ye yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed ye do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that ye increase more and more. And that ye study to be quiet. And to do your own business, and to what? Work with your own hands, hands, as we commanded you, that you may walk honestly toward them that are without, and that you may have lack of nothing. I think there was already a problem before COVID, but during COVID, the government offered to pay people to stay at home. And it's like, do you remember when, like, Every, almost every store in Greenville that has a sign with letters on was saying help wanted. Do you remember those days? It wasn't that long ago. It's like every place, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted, help wanted. And then there um, was a, a person at the stop sign uh, kind of back in where Meyer's parking lot is asking for donations. And I'm thinking... You're asking, you're begging for money, and there's all those help-wanted signs. What is wrong with you? Um, It's just a sign of the times. Um, So let's go back to Philippians chapter 1. So is there not a cause, a cause? Philippians chapter 1, in verse 28 and in nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Is there not a cause sometimes where it's worth suffering? Think about all the people involved in sports. Um, Think about all the physical, as it were, suffering they go through, the hard workouts, the running miles and miles, or the lifting of weights, and um, all of the, the things they have to, to suffer through to get endurance for whatever they are doing. Life is not all just pleasure, but we are living in a day where that is becoming a focus. I shouldn't have to work. My life should be filled with pleasure. The Bible told us this time would come. Notice in 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 
My wife and I have had so many um, cashiers for several years um, tell us they can't find any good help. They try to train them to do their job, and they just don't do it. They just quit. They just, they're not willing to be inconvenienced in any way, shape, or form. 2 Timothy 3, and let's read verses 1 through 4. Verse 1, this know also that in the last days, what? Perilous times shall come. Really, what, what's going to happen? Verse 2, well, this is the first thing that's going to happen. For men shall be lovers of who? Their own, Their own selves. That's the first horrible thing Peril, that's going to bring perilous times is when people love themselves. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. I mean, don't those things just sound like today? Exactly like today. Verse 3, it continues on, without natural affection. There's the sodomy. There's the LGBT group. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. That means without self-control. Fierce, despisers of those that are good. Traitors. Heady, high-minded, lovers of what? Pleasures, more than lovers of God. So they're living for pleasure. And if you go back to uh, verse 2, men shall be lovers of their own selves. And then verse 4, it ends, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. So that's where we are. And the Bible told us this day would come. Um, so, but there's a cause. Let's go back to Philippians um, chapter 1 there again, verse 29. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. I wonder how much we are willing to, are willing to suffer for the Lord's sake. Um, in closing, let's go to Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Uh, we are being tested. We, we looked at Wednesday night. What's happening? All around. We looked at Australia, how it's against the law to, in Victoria, the state of Victoria, to even pray uh, with a sodomite for him to repent, to change, to cease from his wickedness. That's against the law now there. Um, and we looked at Daniel, how he suffered. He was thrown in the lion's den because he was a man of prayer. But in Mark 8, in verse um, 35, Mark 8, 35. For whosoever will save his life shall what? Lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the gospel's, the same shall what? Save it. So there's suffering in that. Verse 36, for what shall profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Verse 38, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this what? Adulterous and what? 
sinful generation. So, whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. So, in this generation in which we are living right now, if we are not ashamed of Jesus Christ and of the Bible and what it teaches, we will suffer persecution at this point. We will. It says, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. There is a cause. There is a cause worth suffering for. And that's the cause of Christ. We're out of time, but in Hebrews chapter 11, Moses was willing to suffer affliction with the people of God and to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Moses saw there was something worth suffering for, and that's the cause of Christ. Did not Christ suffer and die for us that we might be saved? And that cause of reaching others is worth suffering for. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us. Lord, we live in such a self, selfish, self-centered day. And Lord, we in our own flesh are so selfish and self-centered. The flesh so concerned about itself. Lord, I pray that you would forgive us. I pray that we would not be practicing these same selfish sins listed in this passage, perilous times, men being lovers of their own selves. Lord, help us to think of you, to love you supremely, and help us, Lord, to think of the needs of others and to love them for Christ's sake. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord bless you.